Hello, hello, and welcome to They Did What Now, where we talk about how individuals ended up on death row. There are currently 27 states with the death penalty, plus the U.S. government and military. As of October 1st, 2020, there are 2,553 individuals on death row. Since 1976, there has been 1,533 executions. And since 1973, there has been 183 exonerations. Today, we'll be talking about Jackie Hoveter, who is on death row in California. Four friends went fishing along the Eel River in Scotia, Humboldt County on August 24, 1984. They discovered the body of a young woman. They called police after they found no pulse. The victim was fully clothed except for shoes and socks, and her panties were inside out. They were dry at the top and wet at the bottom. Yellow nylon rope was wound several times around her neck. The victim was reported missing person Dana Elizabeth Walsh. In Samoa, California, near Eureka, Louisiana Pacific operated a pulp mill. Around 7 a.m., the mill began loading trucks with wood pulp. Employees at the mill's front gate noted in a log the name of the driver, the trucking firm, either the vehicle registration number or license plate number of the truck, and the time each truck entered the mill. After receiving their load of wood pulp, the truckers departed and a gate employee noted in the same log the departure time of each truck. Jackie Hoverter lived in San Pablo and drove a truck for a living. On a typical day, he would leave his home at 10 p.m., drive north Highway 101 to the Louisiana Pulp Mill. He would arrive around 4 a.m. and wait until 6.30 or 7 a.m. to get his truck loaded where he would drive it down to the container yard in Oakland. He was usually one of the first in line. The two days prior to August 24th, he arrived at 4.07 a.m. and 4.09 a.m. respectfully. On August 24th, the day of the murder, he arrived at 6.28 a.m. Dana visited her brother, Randy Robertson, in San Ramon with her friend Melinda to buy school clothes. Around 8.30 to 9 a.m., she took a bus back to Willits on August 23rd. A group of friends decided to go to Dennis Hahn's house for a party. Dennis Hahn had admitted to a sexual relationship with Dana. At his house, they had been drinking and went to his bedroom. He was not positive on whether or not they had had sex, but when he woke up later that night, he was naked and she was gone. A Circle K convenience store in Willits is located on Highway 101. Frances McKinnon, who worked the graveyard shift, midnight to 8 a.m. She knew Dana by name and sight, but not personally. Frances saw Dana enter the store after midnight, but before 2 a.m. on the morning of August 24, 1984. Dana asked her if she saw a boy in a red hat to which Francis said no. Dana left the store, turned left, and walked in the direction of Highway 101. A medical examiner determined Dana had been killed by asphyxia due to strangulation, resulting in the deprivation of oxygen to her brain. The hyoid bone in her throat was fractured. Her larynx was bruised. She had apparently been thrown or dropped from the bridge, landing on her left side, possibly striking some trees on her way down. Some faint red marks on her ankles suggested the possibility of being bound with soft material. There was no evidence of sexual trauma to suggest that she had been raped. 
vaginal swabs revealed the presence of sperm. Results came back inconclusive because it could not be determined whether Dana herself was a secretor or a non-secretor and the possibility that she had sex with Dennis Hahn earlier. Hovater could not be eliminated as the donor of the sperm. A pathologist estimated she had been killed around 5 a.m. on August 24, 1984. The following crimes against A.L. were admitted as evidence. These crimes were committed four months after the murder of Dana Walsh. Hovater was convicted of the rape, kidnapping, and attempted murder of A.L. The initials of A.L. are used because she was 15 years old at the time of the crimes committed against her. A.L. was living near Eureka in Humboldt County. She usually took the 8 a.m. bus to school, but missed it and began to hitchhike. Hovater was wearing a maroon shirt, driving his brown truck, and stopped to give her a ride. He did not stop where her school was, but eventually pulled off the highway and pulled out a short, rusty pocket knife. A.L. grabbed for the knife and cut her finger. She attempted to get out of the truck, but Hovater pulled her back and said he wouldn't hurt her if she cooperated. Hovater pushed A.L. into the sleep compartment of the truck and told her to remove her clothes. She removed her clothes and he bound her with black electrician's tape where he touched her vagina. He then proceeded to drive somewhere else. As he drove, A.L. tried to bite off the tape, but Hovater told her to stop. A.L. noticed a silver-colored revolver in the truck. Hovater eventually stopped the truck and tied her hands with strips of cloth cut from a t-shirt. Hovater started up the truck again, and Hovater raped A.L. When she saw a sign for Willits, she realized they were driving south. Hovater told her he would leave her blindfolded and tied to a tree in a safe place. He told her he would die if he was sent to jail and he could not live in jail. He then stopped the truck near the Russian River. A.L. got dressed. Her hands were still bound and he led her down to the river. A.L. noticed Hovater was carrying a pillow. He tied her to a tree. He took a gun from his pocket and placed the pillow over it. A.L. asked if he was going to shoot her. He said he would not and then shot her in the head. She became dizzy, fell to the floor, and tried to remain motionless. Hovater kicked her twice and asked her if she was dead. He then shot her in the head again. Neither bullet penetrated A.L.'s cranium. Hovater untied her from the tree, dragged her to the river, and tried to roll her in. She got into the current and floated away, managing to untie her hands. She made her way to the other side of the river and obtained help. When police took her to the spot where Hovater shot her, Part of a t-shirt was still tied to the tree. A.L. positively identified Hovater and his truck. Bloodstains inside the truck were consistent with A.L.'s blood and found her fingerprints inside. Gary Moroya encountered Hovater when they were both in a jail in Mendocino County. Hovater told Gary about his crimes against A.L. and Dana Walsh. According to Gary, Hovater said he was driving his big red truck on his way to work when he picked up a blonde girl in Willits. He drove north with her, raped her twice, then killed her in Rio Del. Hovater said he attempted to strangle the girl with his arm, but she voided her bladder, which angered him. He then tied a rope around her neck and strangled her. Once she was dead, 
he dumped her lifeless body off a bridge in Rio Del around 4 or 4.30 a.m. He tried to drop her into the water beneath the bridge, but she landed on the ground next to the river. Hovater then continued on his way to work. According to Gary, Hovater said he killed the girl from Willits before he committed his crimes against A.L. Although he strangled the first girl, he told Gary that he decided to shoot the second one to avoid possibility that she too would urinate on him. In exchange for testimony against Hovater, Gary had been sentenced for his crimes to probation with credit for time served, 111 days. His crime was possession of a machine gun and silencer. He had been released immediately after testifying at Hovater's preliminary examination. Gary also admitted to speaking to law enforcement more than once about various crimes for which he had information. When Gary encountered Hovater in jail, he revealed to him his prior commission of a kidnapping and a rape, as well as previous involvement in slave trafficking. Hovater eventually confided in him. Upon cross-examination, there are possible inconsistencies between his trial testimony and his prior statements to police. Gary was evasive or vague when asked about whether the Rio Del victim was an older or younger woman, and whether Hovater said he raped her. Gary admitted he had a bad memory, but denied reading newspaper articles about Dana Walsh's murder. On August 11, 2008, the Supreme Court of California affirmed Hovater's convictions and death sentence. Where is Jackie Hovater today? Today, he's at the San Quentin State Prison, where he has been since he was admitted on September 30, 1985, and he is still a condemned inmate.